Welcome to Palm Vista Community Church as we engage our year, the first sermon of 2017. The title of this sermon is Why We Exist, Why We Exist, and the text is Colossians 1, 28 to 29, Colossians 1, 28 to 29. Now typically at the beginning of any year, most of us review our mission statement, review why we do what we do and what we are actually going to do this coming year. Some call it New Year's resolutions. Some call it planning, strategic planning. We evaluate last year. We look at the new year. So this morning as a church, we want to ask this question. Why are we here? Why are you here this morning? Why have we gathered? Why did God plant this church 20 years ago? Why did we five years ago plant out a good number of our best people down to South Miami with Jose Prado? Why are we doing this? Why do we exist? What's our mission? What's our mission? What is your mission in your life? And corporately, why are we gathering together in a corporate mission? What does scripture have to say about that? What does God have to say about that? Why do you exist? Well, God answers that question in many places in the Bible, but we're going to go to one of those places this morning, Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 to 29. If you're new to the Bible, Colossians is a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in jail in Rome to a bunch of Christians in modern-day Turkey. And so you'll find it in the New Testament. It's a small book. If you have it electronically, just look up Colossians and press 1, 28 and 29. If you have your Bibles, just look in the index. And if you don't have either of those, just sit next to somebody that has one and say, I want to look on with you. Because Al is telling me this is the word of God. It's the most important thing I'm going to hear today. So I want to read it as well as hear it. All right. Colossians 1, verses 28 and 29. Let's read that. I'll be reading it out loud. You read it silently with me. Him... Now, Paul is referring to Christ here. So him, Christ, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this, I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Paul most likely was using the metaphor of competition like like a wrestling in the Olympics. Now, today you might not be able to envision wrestling in the Olympics. Typically, that's not on prime time on NBC when they're showing the Olympics. But if you come from the Latin world, you make you just imagine boxing, a competition between two individuals, boxing. Or if you're below 30 years of age, think of MMA, mixed martial arts, which combines wrestling and boxing. You've, you've all seen that. So it's a competition. Paul had in mind a competition with a goal. And this goal is to be the goal of our lives. This is why we exist. And you find that goal in verse 28. Look at it with me. Him, Christ, we proclaim. Why do we proclaim him? We proclaim him and we teach him with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I believe the the summary of this message, I believe the summary of our mission statement as a church and the summary of why we exist as a church and I would say why you exist as an individual is this on the screen. 
We proclaim Christ that we may present everyone mature in him. And we do this with all his energy that he powerfully works in us. Now, I want to begin at the end. Who is providing the energy, the juice, the oomph, the strength, however you say it, the mojo? Is it you? Are you stirring yourself up? Are you going to make this happen? Are you going to present yourself and others mature in Christ? No. It, It is provided, that energy is provided by Christ himself. Actually, it says it's his energy. That word energy there that we translated in the English, you'll be surprised by this. In the Greek, it's energia. That's one of those right there. Oh, I know a little Greek, yeah. He owns a restaurant. No, no. I know a little Greek. It's, it's energia. Yeah, it's energy. It, it's, it's Christ's energy. And then the word powerfully, the Greek word for powerfully is dunamis. You hear dynamite there. So I want to say this because we're going to talk a lot about what does it mean, first of all, to be mature in verse 28. What is that? What is that word? What do we call that? But I want to start with this. To, to present everyone mature in Christ, it's hard work. It's hard work to present myself mature in Christ. It's just hard work. Some days it's harder than others. And, and when you get a group of people, and together we're to represent the body of Christ, and together we're to act godly and be selfless and give, give our money. Corey, what are you talking about? I'm giving, you want me to give money to something that has an eternal reward? I can see giving money toward the Lexus that I'd like to own. Or that nice house with the porch in the back on the golf course that I'd like. With the beautiful breeze in the afternoon. Or to the, to the vacation up in the Rockies in the summer when it's 5,000 degrees in the shade in Miami and 110% humidity. I can see given to that. I can maybe do that. But to eternal reward and to be mature in Christ, what is that? So we're going to talk about that. But I want you to know this. The power to do it. The energy to do it. It's Christ promises to give it to you. So at the very beginning, it's a faith issue. Do I believe God when he says that Christ will give me, not my energy, not energy out of a, of, out of a can, not, not somebody else's energy, but his own energy. His energy never, ever, ever dissipates. And he powerfully works it in me. He doesn't just give me a little bit. But he powerfully works it in me. So let's start with that. This is God's will for us as a church. For you as an individual to be mature in Christ. And then to work hard to present other people mature in Christ. I'm helping to present Patrick mature in Christ. And he's helping to present me mature in Christ. And Annika and and Jeannie and Desi, my wife and my children. We're all working together. What's the goal? We want to be mature in Christ. And we're going to do it by the energy of Christ that he powerfully works in us. Now the question is this. All right, Al. What does this word mature mean? Look at it with me. Verse 28 again. That we may present everyone mature in Christ. Teleos or teleon is is the Greek word there. And and really, you could translate it perfect. You might have a translation that has that word. says perfect. Maybe the New American Standard Bible or the King James Bible. The ESV chooses to to translate it mature. It's kind of between mature and perfect. Because none of us is going to be perfect. But we'd like to be maturing. You know what we call that? You know what a mature person in Christ is called? A disciple. 
See, elsewhere, Jesus said this, go and make disciples, mature ones, teleons. You're a teleon. Or at least you're moving toward being a teleon. Go and make disciples with my word, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So you'll be the father that that Christ has commanded you to be. You'll be the brother that Christ has commanded you to be. You'll be the evangelist at work that Christ has commanded you to be. You'll be humble. You'll be giving. You'll be generous. You'll be kind. You'll forgive when you're sinned against. So to be like Christ, to mature, that's what that means, a disciple. So what this message is about is really the mission statement, not only of the church, but your mission statement. How has God called you to make disciples? Because this isn't just for leaders. When you read verse 28, and it says, Him, Christ, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. You are part of that we. That mission started the beginning of time, actually before time, when God sovereignly called you before the foundation of the world. And it's been going on from the very first words of the Bible all the way through to the Apostle Paul who happened to write this in prison. And it continues right down to the 21st century to you and me. And it's hard work. It's like MMA fighting. We're taking shots. (laughs) Sometimes we go down. We get get put in a chokehold. We're like, "Ah, can I tap out here? Or if you prefer boxing, whatever you want to prefer. It... It's not easy. That's why Paul says in verse 29, for this I toil. I love that. Paul is commending them to do something that he personally is doing. For this I toil, struggling, struggling. Look at that with me, verse 29. Struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. You know that word struggling? Translated in English, struggling. It's the Greek word, you ready for this? Agonizomai. Yeah, don't you like that? Hi, you want to be a Christian? Do you like agony? (laughs) Do you want to be an MMA fighter? Spiritually speaking, no violence here, okay? Don't look at me like that, Matt. Yeah, buddy, I'll take you down right now. (laughs) This is what God has called us to do. We're We're to present everyone mature in Christ as we proclaim Christ, as we teach Christ, as we warn with wisdom. You're to do it at home at the dinner table. We're to do it in the mornings as we get ready for church. We're to do it at work. We're to do it here in community groups and singles. That's why we gather with for singles this afternoon to go through this book. We are to be toiling, struggling, agonizomai, as if we're in a battle, a combat, to see Christ formed, to see mature people formed, to make disciples. So point one, what's a disciple, Al? That's a good question. What is this mature person that Paul talks about here in verse 28 look like? How do we define a disciple? Well, looking at this text, looking at other texts in the Bible, here's how we would define a disciple on the screen. A disciple is a maturing follower of Christ. We, used, we chose the word maturing and not mature because we want to be moving toward it, okay? Remember what we talked about? Sanctification, which is another word for maturing, growing up. It's not perfection, it's direction. So here's the question. Are you maturing? Right? Some days, okay, first of all, are you pointing in the right direction? That's, that starts there. We'll talk about that in a moment, the different phases of discipleship. But, but has God called you and have you repented and believed? Are you pointing in the right direction? And, and, and maturing, it's, it's some days I'm walking, some days I'm running, some days I'm shuffling, some days I'm just sort of leaning some days I'm on my hands and knees, but I, I'm pointing. 
I'm, I'm, it's the process is going on. There are good days, there are bad days, but I'm a maturing follower of Christ, not of Al, not of Palm Vista, not of this movement, not of that preacher, not of that TV show, not of this, whatever. I'm a follower of Christ who is seeking to make disciples. See, that's the part we sometimes miss. I mean, if I were to ask you, are you a Christian? Many of you don't raise your hands. Many of you would like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Are you a disciple? Oh, disciple, what's that? See, the Bible doesn't separate them. If you're a Christian, you're a disciple. And if you're a disciple, you're a disciple-making disciple. It's not just for leaders. Not just for people that write books. Thank God that they write books. But all of us are called to make disciples. It's we. We are called to do that. So what, what does a disciple look like? Well, I would say this. A disciple is one whose life, a follower of Christ, a maturing follower of Christ, is one whose life is marked by grace. What does that mean? Well, I think first and foremost... It's one who knows how to relate to God, not based upon what we do or what the person does, but on what Christ has done. That's crucial. That is so crucial. That's why at Palm Vista, we teach about grace. We want to teach often about grace. How do I relate to God? Is it based on my good works, which so many of us have learned in whatever religious tradition you were a part of? Is it based on me going and doing a certain thing? Or is it based on what Christ has done? Do I understand the grace of God? And if you don't, there's many contexts we offer at Palm Vista, right? Remember, we're to be teaching. We're to be uh, proclaiming Christ. We're to be warning. This is what we're called to do as a church, that you might be maturing. You know how to relate to God. You know that man is basically evil at his core, total depravity. You know that we're saved by grace and grace alone. I would never have chosen God if he hadn't first chosen me and opened my eyes. I relate to God by grace alone, through Christ alone, by faith alone, in his word alone, and to God alone be the glory. That's a maturing follower of Christ. And some of us know it better than others. But are you growing in that knowledge? See what I'm saying? Are you seeking to grow in that knowledge? Are you wrestling, grappling, toiling, agonizing to go do that? We'll talk about that in a moment when we get to the process. Next, a a maturing follower of Christ is one who's growing in his knowledge of God. The the ladies are going to be meeting this week, uh, in the middle of the week, to to be talking about some, some of these courses are on the knowledge of God, knowing God. A maturing follower of Christ is always wanting to know more and more about God, not just head knowledge, but then life knowledge. Do I understand who Christ is? Do I understand the Trinity? Or am I working toward an understanding of the Trinity? Do I have a nice thick book on my shelf that's called Systematic Theology? I'm not going to read it all in one sitting. But do I kind of munch on it every once in a while? Am I curious about the Holy Spirit? Who is he? Am I curious about salvation? How is one saved? What about baptism? Why do we celebrate communion the third Sunday of each month? I'm growing in that. A maturing follower of Christ is one who lives for God's glory, not their own glory. Oh, I need to grow so much in this one. One who lives for the name of God to be exalted, not the name of Al to be exalted. It's a constant fight for me. It gets revealed when people don't say very nice things about me. I think, whoa, what was motivating me on that one? (laughs) Don't they know I worked hard on that? And it's about God. It's not about us. It's not about our name, our idea, our agenda, our thoughts, our opinions, the way we think things should run or go. It's about God. That's hard, right? I mean, it's impossible in my own energy. My default is my glory. 
But I've been changed by the power of God, which is the gospel, the power of salvation for all who would believe. And he powerfully works it in me. It's one who lives in community. Do you live in community? I mean, real community. Do you value the church and the unique call to be a part of the church? Do you prioritize gathering with God's people as your schedule allows on a regular basis? Not just for you, but for others. Do you live in community? And a a follower of Christ invests in others. This is where it gets messy. We're going to get into this discipleship process in just a moment. They invest in others. They, They invest in world missions. Every once in a while, they may go or give money that others would go. They invest in others. And finally, they live with a biblical worldview. How do you view the world? Do you get your worldview from the news or the internet or your favorite blogger or your favorite whatever? Or does this word inform your worldview? How you look at politics, economics, the environment, working, studying, playing, career, relationships, love. So that's a maturing follower of Christ. Why do I say that? Because in a moment we're going to look at the discipleship process. But don't we have to, don't we have to ask ourselves, what are the metrics for what we're all trying to do? See, you should be trying to present everyone mature in Christ. Those in your life, those in this church, those in your community. But don't, you have to ask yourself, what are we trying to, what does that look like? So those are the metrics. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the weeks or months to come this year. But how do I know I'm a follower of Christ? I've just given you some examples. You need to have those, right? I mean, someone once told me, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. You've got to have a goal. Is it just to come to church and nod your head when I'm preaching? Uh, Nod your head in agreement, not in sleep. Uh, Is it giving my money? Is it going on a missions trip? Well, it may be all of those things, but there's got to be something deeper. What should you look like? What should I look like? Biblically defined, okay? All right, so what is the process? What is the discipleship process? Look at verse 29 again. For this I toil. So what does it look like for Paul to toil or to work or to contend? And and he says struggling. What what does it look like? Well, the discipleship process defined. I, I, I believe our text defines it. It's proclaiming Christ, it's teaching Christ, it's warning. Whoa, warning, what's that all about? Warning, warning. Well, I think that's some of the humble accountability that we have with one another, where we open our lives up and say, can you please speak into my life? And, and at times there, there's warning. There, you know, done with all wisdom, if you notice that in verse 28. But what does that look like in the 21st century at Palm Vista? Well, let me invite you to look at this definition that randy pope gives in his book insourcing i like this here's how he defines the discipleship process laboring in the lives of a few with the intention of imparting one's life the gospel and god's word in such a way to see them become mature and equipped followers of christ committed to doing the same in the lives of others and i realize it's not on the screen that's my bad but let me read it again laboring in the lives of a few with the intention of imparting one's life. So there's this impartation of one's life. This is where it gets messy. This is where it gets time-consuming. This is where it's more than just coming to a meeting once a week. Imparting one's life, the gospel, this is proclaiming Christ, and God's word 
in such a way to see them become mature and equipped. That just means someone who can do something about it. I'm a follower of Christ and I, I'm now able to teach others, to disciple others, to give of my money. I've been able to disciple, I've been able to budget well. I've gone to the, the uh, financial freedom uh, deal, the financial university deal, peace university deal. What is it? Thank you. Financial peace. Man, I'm stumbling around. You're just sitting there looking at me, Marcos. All right. <laughs> Financial peace deal that, that Marcos does. And, and you know what? It's like, I don't know how many weeks, 10 weeks, nine weeks. I'm, I'm on a roll, aren't I? It's nine weeks and, and it costs some money and it's every Saturday morning and whenever you're doing it, Monday night. But you know what? I'm equipped. I understand things. I told my son the other day, go to this thing. You're 23. I wish I would have known this. I'm 60. So I'm equipped so that I'm properly handling my money, which isn't mine, by the way. You'll learn that when you go to this seminar. So that I can give. So that when when those statements come out, I don't go, "Ah, I wanted to, but that interest card is at 22%. I got to pay that down first. And, you know, and I just, I wish I would, you know, no, no wishes, coulds, would'ves, regrets. Like, man, I'm equipped. Let's go. Let's go. I could deliver a, a shot. Some of you do. Thank you. I can get a nice undercut, you know, spiritually speaking, relax, okay? I'm duking out the devil here, all right? No humans involved. No horses were hurt in this making of this movie. All right, so, you know, it's just, I'm able to be used. That's what equipped means, all right? Equipped followers of Christ committed to doing the same in the lives of others. Mark Dever says it this way. I sure hope Mark Dever's up there. Is Mark up there? Yes, Mark. Thank you. Mark Dever says it this way. Discipleship, define. Following the Son is calling still more to follow the Son. Then, in their life together, these people, that's us, display the we life, not the I life. iPhone. Not the I life. What, you talking to me? Wait, let me take a selfie. Wait, hang on a second. Not the I life, the we life of the Father, Son, and Spirit. Together, they demonstrate God's own love, holiness, and oneness. Okay, Al, flesh it out for me. What does it really look like? Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at the stages of discipleship. I believe that the stages of discipleship begins with evangelism because I believe God is sovereign in salvation. We do not choose God. God chooses us. Talk to me if that stirs you up a little, but it's true. So the first step of discipleship is going out to preach the gospel and God's elect, it's a fancy term for those whom God has chosen, are out there and they're still fast bound in darkness. So the first step of discipleship is to what? Tell them what they need to know. What do you need to know in the evangelism phase of discipleship? The gospel. They need to know that they're sinners because the word says they're sinners, not because they disagree with me politically. They need to know they're sinners in need of a savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. And to know how to preach Christ from Genesis 1-1 all the way to the end of the Bible. I, I need to be equipped to do that. That person needs to hear these truths. And then what do they need? And then they he- need to hear the truths about what does it mean to have re- to repent and believe. And so what does a person need to do to take, to, to take that first step? To, to begin moving toward that maturing follower of Christ who's also making disciples. They need to repent and believe. 
And if you've repented and believed and are here this morning, you need to do one more thing. If you haven't already done it, you need to be baptized. Which is a perfect point to tell you we're having baptisms next Sunday. The 22nd. So if you've never been baptized as a believer, we believe the Bible teaches that you need to be baptized. It is the sign that, that in Acts particularly, um, God gives us that, yes, I'm standing and saying, I profess Jesus is Lord. You don't sign a card. You don't, you know, you don't come forward. And have, you, know, you don't raise your hand. You get baptized. It's an Acts. So you need to be baptized. All right, next stage, new convert. So you're a new convert. You're sitting here and you're a brand new convert. Welcome, praise God. We want this place filled with new converts. By God's sovereign grace, that is our prayer. That's what we're toiling for. That's what we're agonizing over to see that happen. So you're a new convert. Welcome. What do you need to know? Well, you need to know a lot of the stuff that I've been sharing thus far. You need to know some basics on how to relate to God, that it's not by your good works, but by Christ's good work. You need to know what it means to... to, to someone needs to teach you how, how to read the Bible. What's the ministry of the Holy Spirit about? What is this energy you're talking about, Al, that Christ, his energy, that he powerfully works in me? What does that look like? How can I be led by the Spirit? How can I read my Bible and pray? These are things that new converts, this is what they need to know. How do I share my faith? How can I be rooted in the grace of God? And then what does a new convert need to do? You need to join a church. If you have not joined a church... You need to join a church. Now, you're welcome here as long as you want to come. But I'm telling you, you need to join a church because this is part of what it means to be a disciple, a follower of Christ. You're in community. You're committed to others. You're meeting regularly in whatever format your schedule allows or that the Lord leads you to meet. But you're meeting regularly. You're making disciples of one another. You need to be part of a church. You need to get into the word. Not to get God's favor, but because you have it. You need to pray. You need to receive the sacraments. You need to come to church. And here we do it the third Sunday of the month and receive communion with other believers. And you need to share the gospel. That's what you need to do. Finally, a church member. What does a church member need to know? Well, they need to know all that we've talked about. But also, God is working in them to develop a deep love for God, how to walk in the Holy Spirit, how to move in the gifts of the Spirit that God has given them. And what does a a member need to do? You need to join a group and be part of that group. For some, that may be community groups. For some, it's maybe smaller groups or one-on-one discipleship or or, or one on about five or six discipleship. Or some, it's youth and singles. And for many of you, it's all of the above. Sunday morning certainly is included in that. All right, let's conclude with this. What's the pathway to discipleship at Palm Vista Community Church? Why do we do what we do? Well, we do what we do. We toil. We get up early and set this place up. We we, we go to community group on a a traffic-laden, busy Wednesday, Tuesday, or Thursday night. We go to youth on a Friday night. The the singles are going to gather together today at Mites and Vanessa's and grab some lunch and go through chapter 10, which is about time and money. Very providential. Why do we do all that? We do all that because this is the pathway to discipleship that God has called us to do, to possess present everyone so i'm presenting myself i'm growing in christ and i'm calling others to come let's go together we want to be mature this expression of christ to our culture this is how we do it at palm vista it is our mission statement in christ we connect grow and go to make disciples this is the pathway of discipleship in christ we connect we grow and we go to make disciples the connection starts with God. I don't connect myself to God. He connects me to himself in Christ. So you need to know that. 
But having been connected to God through the work of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, he then connects me to you. And we've talked about that. Primarily, that is occurring on a Sunday morning. That is occurring in our Bible 45s. It's happening right now in the children's ministry that's taking place right over there in that other wing. That connection continues as we gather in small groups. Again, whatever small group you're able to attend, whether it's the community group alls, whether it's the men's groups at the end of the month, the, the, the fourth week of the month, whether it's the women's groups the second week of the month that we'll be gathering this week, whether it's youth or singles, or outreach groups, or, or smaller discipleship groups, or pods that, that we can have a curriculum that, we, that we're actually we're kind of thinking about right now. Where we could just put something in your hand, and you're meeting with five or six other people, and you're meeting on a regular basis, and, and you're going through some good material. But more than that, you're talking about how does it work out where I live, where I work, where I go to school, where I play. What does it look like for single ladies, for single guys? What does it look like for marrieds that have young children? What does it look like for marrieds whose kids are basically gone? And they're wondering, what do I do now? What does it look like for all of us to be maturing followers of Christ who are seeking to make disciples? This is why we have these groups. This is why I encourage you to pray about attending them. Where would God have you? Beyond that, we move to the go. The go piece is where we're out there making disciples. We're out there in the community. We're in our homes. We're making disciples as God enables us in the church, outside the church, in our homes. We're supporting ministries like Heartbeat of Miami, which next Sunday you're going to hear a brief testimony from Jeannie because it's Sanctity of Life Sunday. If she's here, she will be here, praise God. And, and you're going to hear about what God's doing to save babies in this city. We support his house where orphan children or children coming from other countries are here all by themselves. We support Life of Freedom Center, where the abused and those involved in sex trafficking or human trafficking are being helped by by Kevin and Claudia in this wonderful ministry. We're involved with Cornwall Alliance, speaking a biblical worldview to a world that has lost its way and is confused about the the dominion mandate and what what it means to, to, to care for and steward the earth. We're participating in things like Christmas near the beach where we, we went to Young Circle and we got rained out the first time and we went back and, and we just preached Jesus. It was beautiful. But it was a lot of work, wasn't it? It was like fighting an MMA cage fight, you know, with Brock Lesnar. You can emerge with a couple of black eyes. I don't care. Bring it on. This is what we're called for. It's all his energy. He's going to fix me up. That he powerfully works with me to send me back out there. Here's the appeal. God has called us, church, together, that we might present everyone mature, everyone mature. Nobody's left behind. And and we're working toward that. We're struggling by his energy, according power, that he works powerfully, dunamis, dynamite in us, so that we might present everyone mature in Christ. Let us cry out to God now in prayer. Here's, here's, here's my prayer for you. That you would not leave here this morning thinking, great, Al's just put another thing on me. I don't want you to leave that way. I, I want you to leave this morning having experienced the living God by the Holy Spirit of God that since he called you to it, not Al, since Colossians 1, 28 and 29 are calling us all to it, that Christ's energy, his energy that he powerfully works in you, would bring you a measure of joy. No regret, church. No guilt, church. That's what the blood of Jesus is for. You got it? But together we join arms. 
Together we'd say, listen, I'm a little tired. The last couple of wrestling matches have ended up with me being pinned or tapping out. Round 12 of that prize fight last time, I never saw the right hook. First thing I saw was the doctor saying, you know, how many fingers? But I get back up, spiritually speaking, because it's his energy that he powerfully works in me. I pray you experience that. I want you to leave encouraged by the living God. Let's pray. Worship team, please join me. Father, I pray that you would give us much grace as we stand together, as we say, yes, Lord. Even as Mary said, when Gabriel, the archangel, came to her and said, basically, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you. You'll have a child. Be the Savior. She didn't understand it, but she said, may it be done to me according to your will. She had faith. Lord, I pray that you would give us faith. There's some of us here that are a bit weary. We've taken a couple of shots. We've had some body blows. And the toiling and the agonizomying and the struggling to present everyone maturing Christ, it's kind of, it's like we don't really want to go out for this next round. I'd rather just sit here, keep throwing water on my face and tending to the cuts on my, on my, around my eyes. But Lord, would you gently put us back in the middle of the ring that we may toil, struggling with all your energy that you powerfully work in us to present everyone mature in Christ. May it begin in our families, husbands and wives. We just grab each other's hand and say, we're, we're committing to that afresh in 2017. Parents would commit to that with their children. We would commit to that with one another in the church. And we'd commit to going out and making disciples of the lost, the elect that right now are fast bound in darkness, but do for release at the right appropriate time, your time, as you use us to preach the gospel to them. And to you be the glory and the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's sing this prayer afresh and anew. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let's sing.